1: Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, My name is Walt. I'm the host, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chase Dude. This is one of those episodes where I feel like people are going to really be able to get into the groove and feel like we're getting ready for deer season.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this episode a couple of times myself just to uh, figure out all of the items that I'm going to need layering-wise. Uh, to go out to Iowa this next season so uh, it's one of those podcasts that you may want to listen to a couple of different times just to uh, get a system dialed in if you're like me you're from the south you have a little bit of stuff but you want to get more into that performance gear type stuff uh, this is the podcast for you
1: It's a topic that I think a lot of people aren't accustomed to discussing or they've written off because, you know, as an industry, we get like smacked with marketing for whatever is cool in the current time or whatever the new trending thing is. And I think sometimes we can get a little overwhelmed with what is being put out there in front of us. And sometimes we don't do a good enough job of stopping and breaking down the benefits. And that's what we're seeking to do here, guys. We're breaking down layering systems. We're we're talking to Lock Wheeler, who's a member of the Scree team. I have used the scree gear myself for the last year. In fact I took it to Colorado and I abused it. I, I went into that trip with the goal of if my foot if my pant leg gets caught on a branch, I'm gonna pull it off as hard as I can and see if I can pull the stitch or rip it. Um, I, I didn't I didn't try to, to, to make this stuff last and it blew my mind and Chase, you I think you'll you'll remember I came home like raving about how well this this gear worked.
0: Yeah, you did. I remember you telling me about how great it was, and you compared it to some of the gear you had in the past, and you were kind of, like I said, blown away by how well it held up in those conditions, and then that's translated down here as well.
1: Yeah. Well, and and you know what we what they don't have in Colorado is thorns, right. you know, <laughs> and, and that's something we've got an abundance of. We got more more thorny briar patches than we've got deer to, to to hide in. And I've been able to find like three pulled threads on my Harb Scrabble pants. My merino top is flawless. Um, anybody who's ever talked to me about merino knows that I'm kind of a stickler for that. I kind of got some itchy skin, and uh, oh, yeah. also I believe that gear should put you know be able to take a certain amount of abuse. I mean, obviously you can't neglect it. But if I'm walking to my deer stand, I shouldn't rip holes in my shirt, you know? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, <laughs> True story.
0: you got to realize that whitetail hunters are going to be going through a multitude of different types of terrain and things like that. So I think they have that in mind when they're designing their gear. And that was kind of evident when uh, Locke was talking about what Scree looks at when they're thinking about what does a hunter want and what type of system do we need to build to fit their needs.
1: A- absolutely. For sure. And you know, it's one of those things where I bought a lot of hunting camo in the past. None of it's held up very well. I, I bought a lot of outdoor hiking gear and and, and, and to Locke's credit, he mentions this uh, in the early parts of this episode, their company is born, what they're doing is born out of people out West who have proven the gear in this layering system process. And, uh, you know, I found like a lot of that Western hunting, uh, non hunting gear held up better than my hunting gear. And I was very skeptical to put money into, uh, some of these articles, but, uh, or you know, articles of clothing that Scree you know has put out, but having talked to talked a lock, having gone and put my hands on it at the Birmingham Deer Expo, I felt better about you know moving forward with that, and I'm glad I did because this is an awesome dialogue. Um, I know that uh, Craig Crum heard the Scree episode that we first did, well it wasn't a Scree episode, it was a just a, a deer hunting episode, but it happened to have Locke with Scree, and he went out and bought some. So Craig, uh, shout out to you on this one, buddy. Uh, I, I know you're going to enjoy this one for sure. Uh, But if anybody's wondering who Craig is, Craig is a Patreon subscriber. We have a small group of people who support this show financially. And if you're interested in doing so, and you want to get entered into quarterly giveaways like this quarter, which include the Phantom, Saddle, Backband, Hiss Strap, all kinds of cool stuff, Versa straps, all kinds of stuff from Tethered. Tethered has hooked us up with, with gear to give away to you guys, and all you have to do is sign up to support the show. So check it out in the show notes. It's patreon.com forward it's slash Chasing Tails Outdoors. We've got a Marco Polo group that we'll add you to. We talk to people about arrows. We talk to people about backpacks and DIY projects, and we have a really good time. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who helps uh, support the show. Without you guys, we literally couldn't do this. So, uh, Chase, why don't we just leave it right there, and we'll we'll let him get right to the episode.
0: Let's do it. On to Mr. Locke All right. Wheeler.
1: All right, folks. We have got Locke Wheeler on the phone. Locke is a returning guest. I think this is like the third time we've had him on this year alone. Uh, thank you for tolerating us uh, for a, a third time, Locke.
2: Yeah, you're, you're wearing out your welcome, Walter. <laughs> what can I say? I don't know. <laughs>
1: I'll add it to the list of places and people. (laughs)
2: Well, it's a good time of the year. It's a good time of the year. Uh, Getting to talk about hunting and outdoors. Because that's basically what we're doing right now is sitting around thinking about it or talking about it. So, Hey, man, it's a good opportunity to dive off into it a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think Stretch the next that itch. <laughs> I think the next time you come on, I'm gonna introduce you as our as our uh, uh, our southeastern correspondent because you're coming on so often. We got to give you some kind of a title
0: because uh... there we go. <laughs> I've, been, I've been called worse. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man, well we have we have officially left turkey season, and and as a result, you are bored out of your uh, mind. I think is what we were kind of uh. discussing beforehand. It's it's the it's the slowest of the slow seasons. There's not even sports for us to look at.
2: It is, and I, yeah, I mean specifically in 2020, we don't even have live TV. Like we don't have college baseball. We don't have Major League Baseball. We don't have NBA for those that follow basketball. We don't have anything. Like it's it's terrible. And I I, uh, I I'm the one that I fish a little bit and. I, you know, I grew up fishing a lot. My dad was a big time bass fisherman and my, my grandfather uh, retired on, at a lake house. And so, you know, I, I grew up fishing a lot, but now I really don't that much. So i taking my kids and I try to go down to the coast and inshore fish, you know, a couple of times throughout the summer, but I'm not a huge fisherman. And uh, so, yeah, I'm kind of like little league baseball, as much as that, as we can do. And planting some, uh, summer food plots and trying, I, I guess, the, I guess, you know, I guess that kind of brings to the, to the surface. This, this is an opportunity I'm taking advantage of. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling myself anyway, I'm going to be better prepared for October this year because I'm, um, I'm, I'm getting out there and doing more of this summer prep work than, than probably I normally convince myself to do in the heat.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for, I mean, dude, I would I would follow international ping pong right now if I could just get it on ESPN. I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm struggling, but along the lines of being ready for October, you know, when I first met you it was at the Birmingham Deer Expo, um, almost a year ago now at this point, uh, and one of the things we talked about was layering systems, and that's something that I think we have always said we were going to discuss at some point, and it's something that I have. Uh, been introduced to recently and you know specifically technical garments that do things that previous generations of clothes don't do and that's going to be the the foundation of this podcast that's what we're going to target with this podcast and and I'm excited because I have seen a a different I'm not trying to you know sound like I'm groundbreaking here but I personally have seen a different world of what performance outdoor wear can do and I, I knew that you were plugged in with this. I know you could speak eloquently to, to what we needed to here so um, before we get into describing what people need to do, I think we need to have a discussion you you actually mentioned this that we need to have a discussion to kind of set the front foundation for why technical gear is different than past generations because it's come a long way since cotton.
2: Yeah and you know for the people that haven't heard, any of any of the episodes that I've done previously with you guys, I guess my stake in this this thing is I work for a company called Scree, and Scree is a is a company that is a competitor to your uh, companies such as Sitka, First Light, QU, and um, you know what that is is layering systems and performance hunting gear, performance apparel, and I think um, to your point, it's becoming a big topic in hunting and you're starting to see it everywhere not only are you seeing companies such as scree kind of rise up in the market but you're you're even seeing a lot of your traditional outdoor gear companies are starting to offer some of this stuff and i think it's important it's an important question that a lot of people have as to what is this stuff like wine you know and um you know, I would say the first thing that, that that I would say is you step back into this conversation a little bit and you start by saying and just understanding that hunting in general is a very personal thing. It's a personalized thing. I mean, whether it's your gear or it's your your tactics, your methods um for how and why and where and when that you hunt it's it's not really there's not like set paths there's not right and wrong answers we all kind of have our own motivations for why we do things and whether that's about success or failure in terms of harvest or whether that's about just enjoyment of our recreational time outdoors so when we talk about the, the the gear thing there's there is no company that's going to offer one thing that, that is a fit. And I don't mean, I don't mean physically fit you. I mean a fit to your personal desires of what you want out of your gear in every way for every person, because, you know, you meet one guy and they get really cold and that's a big thing. Like I can't enjoy deer hunting because most of the season I'm always freezing. And then you meet the next guy and he's the exact opposite. You know, he's the guy that's out there hunting in a pair of pants and a cotton hoodie and it's freezing cold, and he's sweating, you know? So um, there's such a wide spectrum there. And so I think the only way you can take it when you start to try to answer the question of why performance gear and why layering system. So the one thing that I think that has to be dispelled in that conversation to kind of get started is you're not trying to convince people that they'll be a better hunter in terms of the pursuit of game. This gear is not going to make you invisible. This gear is not going to make you make better decisions when it comes to how you hunt or execute in the moment. Now, it might help you with your level of comfort and enjoyment and all of that kind of stuff, and that might assist you in executing all these other things. So, you know, unlike many gimmicky things that you see on the hunting market, this you know, performance gear and layering is not something that's like intended to make 150-inch deer get in bow range instead of only 120-inch deer get in bow range, right? So, I mean, you can't look at it like that. But what you have to what you have to look at, given the the stated fact that there's a wide range of of likes and dislikes amongst different hunters, is there's a couple of things that that I guess you would say are as close to universal as can be in this conversation and those are things like comfort things like durability and uh things like that that um regardless of where you stand on the on the the spectrum or where you lie in the spectrum of of what you like and dislike about your hunting gear you know nobody wants to be uncomfortable i mean i know there's some adventurous outdoor survivalists out there that might but i'm talking about our average consumer hunter everybody wants to be comfortable everybody wants to 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 have their gear last as long as it can and perform at a high level as long as it will as it will last and and those are the kind of things that that sort of become universal and so that's where performance gear and layering systems um they kind of sit in the middle and the word that you use there is versatility so with performance and layering system gear, what you're doing is you're providing pieces that are very versatile. They can be used in a lot of different ways and perform in a lot of different ways. And they're made out of high quality fabric with a lot of innovation and design to fit a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. And so instead of just kind of uh your typical cotton or fleece stuff that's just kind of a it's just there you know it just is what it is and it it really has a black and white some people love it and other people hate it i think that with performance gear and with with layering system gear what what you're trying to do is provide versatile gear that is not only very well designed and very well made but it does a lot of things for a lot of different people, so it, it kind of is a one stop shop in the in the world of hunting gear.
1: Yeah, I, I think you you hit the nail on the head for like the whole spectrum there of what the things I wanted to discuss because I'm the dude that's wearing the hoodie and the short and the and the pants, and Chase is the guy that you know a cool breeze rolls in and he's out there in his bibs. You know, so it's it's one of those things where. It has to be versatile in that regard. And I think, you know, I I never was comfortable in coveralls. You know, when I first started everything, it was one of those situations where no matter how many layers I put on of of insulating, I was either too warm or too hot. And there never seemed to be a way to manage that. Um, Chase Chase has been pursuing that a lot, you know, playing with different fabrics. I mean, am I speaking uh, out of place for you, Chase?
0: no no i am definitely the person that is always freezing (laughs) um i I can remember several years ago going out to kansas and i had brought a little bit of performance gear and then i had some of my other stuff too and i think it was one morning it was like 25 degrees and i decided i'm gonna hunt like on the edge of this pond and there was wind blowing off this pond and it was hitting me in the back of the neck and i mean i'm talking about i had a ton of layers on and I was still freezing to the point where I sat there for maybe an hour, and then mentally I just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> I had to get down <laughs> and move and go somewhere else. And I'm like, I've got to find something that keeps me in the stand longer And, and when I go off places, because Florida, you never really have to worry about that. Um, you're, you're not going to be sitting in 25 degrees ever for hours and hours. But when you're, I'm going to Iowa this next year, uh, I've got four points and should draw uh, for zone five and I want, and I know it's going to be cold. I mean, I've saw, I mean, unless it's just one of those odd years where it's kind of unseasonably warm, but shoot, i I'll, I would be cold in 30 degrees. You know what I mean? So I, I need to find a system that is like you said, it, it's performance where I'm not like the marshmallow puff man or whatever out there, but it's still comfortable enough for me to sit in the stand, those long, uh, grinding days because i mean it's iowa I-, I need to be in the stand as long as i possibly can every day
2: so well, that's the that's the that you know back to what i said earlier it seems like everything up until this point that hits the outdoor market the outdoor industry or the hunting market it there there always seems to be some gimmicky sales pitch tied that is going to it's you know more or less a magic trick against older deer or trophy deer or even numbers of deer you know it's always about that well I mean I think we all know once we experience it for a while and we hunt for a while that those kind of things typically um, are are just what they are they're just sales pitches you know but with the performance that's that's where it it it's not the, it's not the fabric it's the idea that you can sit there and actually put in the hours to be successful it's still up to you to pick the right stand spot it's still it's still up to you to execute execute the shot and, and all that kind of stuff but the difference, and I mean, I, I can attest to this as, as well as any guest you'll have, just because of my hunting practices, when you go to Iowa or Kansas or Missouri or any of the, the Midwestern states and try to hunt that rut, you know, I mean, everybody gets lucky sometimes, but if you do it year after year, if you want to statistically be in the right in the right spot, it's hours, you know, it's hours in the stand. And, and I know that's kind of applicable to everywhere, but up there it really is, because you're typically hunting a funnel or a bottleneck or some small patch of woods after the, the crops have been taken out. And if you sit there long enough, and you hunt the wind correctly, and you stay in the stand long enough, and those deer are up cruising, they're going to walk past you. It's not like you know a, 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 a WMA in the south where there's five thousand acres of timber and they can kind of go anywhere. And it's it's kind of throw a dart at which 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 path they may take any given day following any given doe up there. They're they're going to walk through that, that funnel at some point. You got to be there, you know, Um, and and so that's that's kind of the the I guess the sales pitch is as it pertains to just simply uh, converting hunting and gear and those kind of decisions, converting that into success of of shots taken and, and harvest made is when your gear works for you it allows you to be a better hunter all the rest of it is still up to you you know whether you use calls and scents and how you hunt the wind and where you choose to hunt and what kind of stand you hunt and and whether you're prepared to execute you know whatever shot opportunity you may get all that's still up to you but if you're comfortable and you're dry and you're not just burdened with trying to figure this whole situation out of how i can stay in the stand and be there. And that's just one less thing that allows you to be a better hunter. And that's what it does.
1: Oh, yeah. And I, I think where this really comes into play is also, you know, if you're like me and you're self-filmer, you've got enough frustrating things to deal with. Right, and if, if it's halfway through the season, you're exhausted. You've been burning all kinds of brownie points. It's the rut. You're dealing with a dadgum base, you know, base on the camera arm, and it's not right where it needs to be. And you just drop something from the tree. It's just it's one of those things where it removes a friction point for me. And I've said that a lot. And that's kind of my theme going through this summer is trying to make my process smooth. Just you know, just make tree stands light for the sake of it being light. If it makes my life more difficult. I'm not interested, you know, I, I'd rather pay a little bit of a weight penalty to have something be smooth and that process be fluid for me because I need, I recognize that during the season, when I start getting out of the stand earlier, when I start, uh, you know, getting pissy and moving too much and all of a sudden I bust a deer, it tends to revolve around the fact that I was frustrated about something or I was worn out about something. And I, I feel like I, I've turned, I've turned a corner with the garments that I've selected and, and put that piece together. Um, we've set the foundation for, for what it can do and what people's reasonable expectations should be. In the South, we've got a unique set of situations. Typically speaking, it's a warmer climate. Typically speaking, it's a more humid climate, especially if you're in Florida, Georgia, southern Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana. Um, I, I'm curious for you, how do you go about taking the technical garments that are out there and, and, and building a system that would n- remove some of those friction points for us given that we kind of live in, an, in a really weird environment?
2: Yeah. So one of the things I – this is just me, um, but I've, I've seen it translate to a lot of people. One of the things that that has become obvious to me – is that we learn that we kind of wear clothes, clothing, when we're using these kind of garments and stuff, a little bit differently than we traditionally have. And and so the the, the, the number one example of that, and, and I guess the only really place to start with this, is when we start talking about Merino, and everybody that's, that's read or listened to a podcast or, or dove off into this topic at all has heard about Merino wool. You know, it is the kind of the foundation of performance fabrics. Everybody's using it. The higher quality wool, merino wool that you have, the, um, you know, the better performance rating that you're going to get out of the garment and all that. But what I mean by this changing the your kind of perception of how you, of how you dress and what you wear is with more traditional fabrics in the south, You know, we're looking at what's the best way for me to wear clothes that handle the camouflage side of things. They handle the moving through the brush and the woods and everything, but don't burn me up, you know? So it's, it's, it's always, there's no layering to it. It's kind of like if my stuff's too light, it doesn't last. If it's too heavy, it's uncomfortable and I can't wear more than one layer when it's warm because then I'll certainly burn up. But you start to you start to, to break down what the layering system does and the best the, the best example, the starting point, I wear a 170 merino base layer top and bottom under everything. And that includes October the 1st and that is, I mean I, I so I'll be I'll, I I'll I'll be honest with the exception that during late turkey season if I'm getting out of the truck and I know that I'm walking a long ways, then I might not. I'll just wear something really, really light because you're talking about 85, 90 degrees, and you're talking about walking around for two or three hours trying to find a berth. Right? That's a little bit different. I can see if you're a guy who's hiking a long ways with a with a saddle or a climbing system, that might apply to you in early, you know, the earlier hunts, early in September, early October. But even like for me, October the first, when it's eighty-five degrees and it's not cooling off, but maybe seventy-eight at at dusk, I'm I wear a one seventy merino against my skin, and I'll wear a really lightweight outer, you know, on actually my merino shirt. It's kind of just usually my t-shirt when it's that warm, but I. <laughs> But I put the merino against my skin because merino is a miracle fabric. It really is. And it breathes. And so the, our traditional way of thinking is, and I've had people ask me this since since I've been in this world and, and, and people have, that I've hunted with have been exposed to what I'm wearing, what I'm doing, and, and, and talking. it. It's like, what, how in the world, you, why would you wear a base layer? It's 80 degrees outside. Well, this is, you know, traditionally a base layer is insulation, Right and wool is insulation but what happens if you cut all of the hair off of a furry animal even in the summer their body can't regulate right so like a sheep for example and the merino wool base layers they do a lot they're not just insulation they wick away moisture which makes you more calm when you're sweating they wick that moisture off of your body it It's antimicrobial, so it helps with scent control, and it keeps that moisture off of your body, and it absorbs 30% of its weight, so it actually keeps you cooler than just simply wearing one layer that's lighter weight, but that one layer is holding heat between it and your skin, and your skin is constantly sweating, you're smelling worse and worse, you're chafing, you're uncomfortable, and you're sweating.
0: Merino wool
2: solves that, and... Like I said, it's one of those topics in in this conversation that's probably one of the few that is able to be very universal in that nobody wants to be sweaty and chafing and uncomfortable. Nobody wants that, regardless of where (laughs) they stand in the spectrum. If you want that, then you need to go be on Naked and Afraid, not deer hunting.
1: (laughs) You know? Um,
2: So, so like, that's kind of weird. What, what we're learning as, as just, you know, basically as deer hunters with layering and performance fabrics is the way that we wear these clothes is just very different than our kind of traditional method of wearing as little or as much as we can tolerate in order to try to regulate temperature. We're actually wearing them for a purpose, and, and it kind of, in some cases, like the example that I just gave, it kind of flies in the face of the traditional idea that, well, no matter what it is, if there's two layers of it, it's going to be hotter. Well, that's not the case with this. And, you know, it's also not the case that if I don't, if well, I can't wear, but if I only wear that, I'm going to freeze to death. Well, then we can start to address that as well. But as far as for the South, like what you're talking about, um, I think it's, it's pretty simple in that Generally, what you want to do is you want to breathe and you want to keep moisture off your skin. You want to do that when it's cold and you want to do that when it's hot. Um, and that's what performance gear is intended to do. Now, how quality the gear you purchase is, is uh, the quality of the fabric and all that kind of stuff, you know, kind of makes a difference in how well it does what it is actually supposed to do.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, you talk about... You know, you did give that disclaimer or disclosure or at the very beginning say, or disclaimer, whatever, at the beginning saying, you know, this isn't going to give you any advantage. One thing that that Miracle Fabric I have found is I don't stink near as badly as I did when I was wearing Under Armour. I, I mean, I... We're talking multiples less stink. In fact, some of these garments I wear, you know, I'm also dealing with ticks, and I spray them down with permethrin, and I can just let my wool hang and let it dry, and I can go several weeks worth of hunting and not have to wash it, and you know, diminish that permethrin uh, that that's on there.
2: That's the common thing that we end up, you know, as 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 the as the guys with Scree, and I'm and I'm sure you probably hear this from all the other companies too. Mm -hmm. If you go and approach these guys online or at a at a at an outdoor expo and that's one of the common talking points that's one of the i guess sales pitches is take one of our merino t-shirts and wear it hiking wear it fishing wear it wear it checking trail cameras wear it two or three times and just hang it up and let it just kind of air dry mm-hmm. and see and and then and do the same thing with a regular t-shirt and then smell the two after <laughs> you've worn them two or three times in the summer yeah. and, and and it's it's you know it we don't we don't have to we don't have to convince you of that anymore after that because <laughs> it's uh, that's what it is. And I think – I guess I would be remiss not to mention for, for anyone who doesn't and hasn't actually put their hands on any of this stuff. I know that there could be a stigma when you hear the word wool and people are like, hold on, dude. You're talking about wool? You know, Well, when we're talking about Merino wool, think about a super – soft ring spun cotton t-shirt that's what it feels like it's not your it's not your itchy kind of um stiff fabric like like traditional wool this is a, a different this comes from a merino sheep but it, it is a sheep wool but it, it's a different wool it's a it's the softest most you know microfiber type of uh, garment that that you can buy it's not at all like traditional no but it is wool
1: so one of the things I hear when I'm talking to people about base layers um is that I sweat too much and I get cold even with wearing like the thinnest layer. Um how do how do you address, you know, the guys who who hunt in the back country of, you know, Alabama or they have to go a long distance, you know, they're trying to wear that real thin layer. Um what is your suggestion to those people?
2: Well, so there, there's two approaches from the in, inside and then the outside as it as it trains the layering systems for that specifically. And you also um, take a step back before we, we dive into this and consider that all of this stuff really has its roots in the backcountry. So if you compare the guys from way back when, um, all the way through the, the modern successful companies of today. The technology and the design and innovation comes from guys who are hiking up into the mountains and spending all day on the side of a ridge with cold wind blowing in their face and whatnot. So, honestly, what they're doing in, in, in a lot of cases is, uh, you know, just simply walking a long ways to your deer sand kind of tails in comparison to what they're doing. So they've kind of got that covered. So the general idea that, oh, well, those guys are backpacking, they don't know what we're I mean, no, it's it's very much a comparable thing. Um, but onto the, onto the, the kind of the, uh, you know, your question is, so you, you approach it two ways. Number one, you wear the Merino next to your skin. You wear the quality base layers. I mean, I'm going to recommend Merino obviously, but there are other quality hybrid, um, multi blend types of base layers that you'll find as well, but Merino is the best. And, and what it does is Merino is the best fabric that we have found, um, in this in this gear industry, at wicking moisture. So, you know, as opposed to, I feel like I have to wear a base layer next to my skin because I have to have some insulation if I'm going to sit there and hunt all day. But that base layer, I've either got to pack it in, sh- strip down, change clothes, or something because that base layer is just going to be a you know tacky, moist mess by the time I get there from all of the sweating. Um, This solves that. And so very, very plainly put, merino is the world's most efficient fabric at wicking and absorbing moisture. And when you wear it next to your skin, it wicks all the moisture off your skin. So if you do sweat, it's doing its job there. Um, And then from the outside, what you're doing from a performance uh, perspective is you're offering layers that are lighter weight and easier to pack and still work, you know, because we can all say that a three-in-one parka or something like that, some, some kind of traditional true cold weather jacket, um, even a midway jacket traditionally is not something that's really easy to find a way to pack in and out. You kind of almost have to wear it or hang it on something, right? Um, what we're doing with performance gear is we're offering you a midweight jacket that is much lighter weight that's much easier to pack in and out it breathes better if you do choose to wear it and if you don't it just allows you to pack more stuff more efficiently so that you can pack in light and you can wear less layers and still stay warm because you're blocking the wind you're insulating appropriately in combination with your merino and all that so that's that's what you're looking at there um and i've said this on to you maybe i don't know i don't remember if we talked about this specifically on the deer hunting podcast we did but i've said it on other podcasts and stuff i have found myself and and this is i live in louisiana i'm from mississippi i hunt both states and i travel and hunt a lot i have found that what we deal with in the South is actually the most applicable environment and style of hunting for what layering does as anywhere in the country outside of, I guess, the backpacking world where this stuff was designed. Because we have humidity that is very different. We have drastic change in temperatures. um, And a lot of times our access points and our – Uh, the way we enter and exit and stuff like that we move a lot and we deal with a lot more range and we deal with a lot more humidity and i think that your question about the guy who's hunting in alabama that's that's you know it's 75 degrees when he leaves the porch at 1 p.m and it's (laughs) 40 degrees at dark and it's not only 40 degrees but it's humid right you know it's a humid 40 degrees Uh, I think the layering actually works a lot better. It's, you know, I've hunted in the Midwest a lot in the Midwest and, and other places like that where, yes, they have some very challenging, um, weather. It can get really cold. It can be really windy and all that. But, you know, I can have a farmer drop me off and I can walk just right down the edge of a fence row, maybe a long ways, but right down the edge of a fence row. And, you know, I kind of get into where I'm going, um, The weather is, while it changes, it it, kind of sits longer. uh, And you don't have as much of the humid, uh, wet air that we have. And and like I said, I just, the way this stuff works, there's just, I know exactly what you're asking because I grew up doing it. And, you know, in Mississippi, when you got wet, humid air, and you got those days where it's summertime from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. and it's fall from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. and then it's dead gum winter from 4 to 6. Yep. You know, uh, there's just, <laughs> you know, there's not a lot you can do, and it sucks to to be packing in some kind of heavy fleece jacket and trying to figure out how you're going to wear these these uh, base layers that you really need to have for the sit, but they're almost impossible for the walk, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, I, I like I said, I think that the trick is, We're trying to be very versatile and offer things that make a lot of sense that, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that every piece that we sell or every piece that you find in a layering system is going to be just what you want, but most every piece you find is going to have a lot of uses outside of um, what traditional stuff is just kind of is what it is.
1: Transitioning from that next to skin layer, you've got a couple options for your insulative middle layer um you can put another layer of wool on which is one of my personal favorites because it's not very bulky um i tend to move up to like a 250 gr- uh, gram uh like hoodie style deal um puffy jackets are also an option how do you go about making that decision and what would you recommend for people
2: um so this is so for scree what scree what we do is we have a 170 our our next to skin lightweight merino is 170 gram, and um, our midweight is 300 gram, and our merino is 100 percent on the lightweight and 95 percent on the uh, mid weight and 5 percent spandex in that 95 superfine, and we also offer a polyester blend style of base layer in the mid, and and, um, and in the lightweight. So I'm with you. I like to wear the merino every time I can, but I will say one thing merino doesn't really do anything for direct contact on wind. It's, it breathes, it breathes, you know, so a lot of times if I'm not moving very far and I'm trying to, if I'm trying to layer for a colder sit without as much concern for the sweat and the getting hot getting in then i like to use a polyester mid because to me it does better against the wind if it's kind of windy and i'm not going too far and i want to be really warm but my go-to most of the time is going to be the mid layer um Merino because it continues to wick everything and that's always important. There there's there's micro amounts of moisture on your skin that can make you very uncomfortable and can make you very cold, even when you don't feel like you're sweating a whole bunch, it's still there. Um and it's very soft. I mean, it's like pajamas. It's the most comfortable stuff you can put on your body. So I that's my go to, but I mean to give you kind of a better answer, there are there are there are times where I I like to have that polyester blend base because I feel like if it's windy, it's a better mid layer against wind. And wind is kind of that other thing that, you know, I mean, I I think everybody that's hunted very much knows the wind is the make or break in almost every situation. You know, the wind can, you know, you can sit, I'll give you an example. Last year, i'm hunting in northeast kansas and uh, me and a friend of mine we were filming each other and you can see that episode actually on screes youtube and we had a huge storm system roll through and it dumped i don't know eight or nine inches of snow um starting early evening all through the night into the next morning and that next day we hunted in the afternoon and the system the, the front had passed through but it was still blowing like crazy you know 25 mile an hour and it had dropped like 30 it was like 30 degrees you know something like that and we hunted that afternoon and 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 geo was able to kill a deer on film but it was miserable i mean it was absolutely i don't care what you buy if you're not in a box stand and you're (laughs) on the edge of a cornfield and it's 28 degrees and the wind's blowing 25 miles an hour it's cold period (laughs) so you know he shoots the deer and course that warmed us up everything everything's okay in the end but uh (laughs) but you know to finish the story the front passed on through well the next morning it's my turn to hunt and he's filmed well the next morning it is one degree like one like the number one you know not two degrees it's one degree when we wake up it's five degree at like an hour after sunrise but there's zero wind and it was it you know wearing the same clothes it's 20 what is that 23 degrees cooler on the thermometer but the wind is none there's no wind like your steam is literally blowing straight up in the air and i mean don't get me wrong the 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 the, you know it's cold to the touch everything's cold to the touch and whatnot but it's much more tolerable because you don't have the wind um so uh i don't know i kind of chased a rabbit a little bit on the answer but um I'm going to tell somebody, look, if you're going to invest and you want to do layering system, if you wear one set like Scree, with Scree as our example here, if you wear 170 base layers and then you wear 300 mid layers, man, that's a system that's very hard to beat. Everything else from there is just wind and moisture management on the outside, truthfully. You know, I mean, that's a you can wear that in a huge, huge wide range of of temperatures as far as your mid layers. Now you mentioned the puffy jacket and so, and that kind of, that kind
1: of borders on, on, on an outer as well, you know?
2: So there's two different ways that the puffy material is done and we do it. at goose down, um, 850 grams of goose down. And this is an entire hooded jacket that rolls up into a little stuff sack about the size of a football. And it weighs 16 ounces. And I'm telling you right now, it is one of the warmest jackets you'll ever put on your body. I don't care if you have a military-grade 3-in-1 waterfowl Alaska parka. This thing is it's that warm, period. And it weighs 16 ounces. I mean, you can strap it to the outside of your backpack and never know it's there. I mean, it's the, it's the, it's the size and weight of a water bottle you know
1: oh yeah there's no Um, there's uh, no weight penalty
2: now i will say this a lot of people wear that jacket and i've done this when it's really cold and it's just amazing a lot of people will wear that jacket underneath a like mid-weight shell style jacket so that they get all of the insulation of that that puffy down and you know, they get all that and then they have the outer shell protection from the elements, wind, further wind and all that kind of stuff. As a whitetail hunter in the South, I'm just gonna just break it down as simply as I can. If you take that jacket and you roll it up in its little stuff so I can throw it in your pack, that's basically all you need, period. Like you can wear, you can get you a mid and a lightweight base layer, a decent pair of pants, a nice hoodie, you know, a nice midweight kind of top. And you throw that jacket and you're not, you're just not going to be with the exception of rain. There's just not going to be much else that happens that you can't slip that jacket on and finish your hunt. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, it's that good. And so, you know, you're packing in a 16 ounce football, you know, that doubles as a pillow if you want to take a (laughs) nap. Yeah. It,
1: it, it's, it's really the puffy jacket component of things was really a, Oh, man, I got to come up with a different phrase than game changer. But it really was for me because, dude, on cold or potentially cold evenings where a front's moving through or you think you might need it in the morning, uh, wind's moving in, dude, after, like, December 1st, that thing just stays in my bag. I don't even take it out because it's not taking up any space. I don't know why... I you know I wouldn't just have it in there because there was one day that it rained a little bit on my way to the stand and I was freezing my butt off. My pants were fairly dry because the uh, the hardscrabble just you know kind of sheds that that water. But I had gotten wet and I took my my base layer off, hung it in the tree next to me, and I just put that puffy on. <laughs> and it was yeah. it, it, don't get me wrong, I probably could have used a little more in there, but to dry off. But dude, I feel like it. it it did the job i think it feel like it saved that hunt you know
2: yeah so yeah i agree with you and i will say that the puffy jacket was designed by scree and the owners at scree as a very extreme cold like it the idea behind it was what is something that can be like if we hike up on a on a mountain you know in the back country and we need to put something underneath our shell jacket that is an extreme protector against cold weather. And, but we need to make that very packable, very lightweight, and all that. That's how it was designed. What they didn't realize when they ran into, you know, going into the whitetail market, they didn't realize how great of a product they had for tree stand hunters. And this has been what you just shared has been one of the most common feedbacks from whitetail hunters. Um, I've got, a bunch of people, friends and, and stuff that have bought gear from me through Scree, and they don't necessarily have the whole system, but they have that jacket because it's just, you know, you're not going to wear it until it starts to cool off and get cooler weather. But, but again, it takes the place of so much bulk and weight, and it's, you know, it's got the, the, the uh, Teflon coating on it, so it does shield water, and it's got the lifetime warranty, and it's got all of those features. But it's just it's just an amazing uh, it's just an amazing piece, and I, I really think it's probably it, it really is probably one of if not the most widely recommended or I guess let's let's put it this way the best vote getter from what I've seen since Scree has gotten into the whitetail into the whitetail world. Um, for if you had to buy one piece which one would you get which one is i guess most useful i
1: don't know yeah i mean i will go so far as to say if you can only get three pieces of gear you need to get the the kaibab one uh the the 170 top and bottom and you need to get the puffy you can probably make yep. do with everything else you, you, you've got but those three things right there will change your experience uh, just an unbelievable amount
2: yeah no that's very that's very fair if you can find a way, if you can find a way to take care of yourself, um, at your skin, mm-hmm. and then you can find a way to reasonably and economically pack in that that cold weather layer, and make it also not just that, but make it also kind of a a, uh, a versatile cold layer that you can wear when it's not super cold, but it really works when it mm-hmm. is super cold then, yeah, you're kind of hitting it. I guess what you're doing there when you say that, and I don't disagree with you, when you say that, what you're doing is you're bookending book the whole thing. Exactly.
1: Episode.
2: And that's, yeah, that's a, that's a good take. I mean, I, I would have to agree.
1: Yeah, for sure. Chase, I, I know that you are, are squirming to dive into the, the Midwestern aspect of this, so why don't you take that away?
0: Yeah, I mean, I have always kind of been wanting to build a system to go out to the Midwest because I'm pretty much, I'm going to take a trip every year out there and looking to maybe build a system to go out there. So lock, what, what type of system would you recommend that I build for a Southerner that is cold natured to go out to the Midwest and have an enjoyable time?
2: Well, the salesperson in me tells you chase that you need to go buy our ultimate bundle. That is one of every piece we have. And then you will not be without no matter what <laughs> conditions. Buy it all. Buy it all. <laughs> the ultimate, the ultimate bundle is everything you need. You could not possibly be missing anything. <laughs> right. Um, right. and I do, I mean, I, you know, I, I, do, <laughs> that, that, that is my, my hope. But, uh, you know, realistically, I understand that that's probably, and, and maybe not everybody's aspirations. So, one of the things that we do um, is we do a lot. We do do a lot of different bundles, you know, and we have um, we have a whitetail bundle, and and um, it it covers you pretty well. Uh, but I think you know, outside of looking into the bundles, I think probably the next thing, like the best way to look at it is you want to go 170 Merino base layers and, you know, any, any, whatever Merino base layers against the skin and, and, and something lightweight because Merino does a whole lot and you can do a whole lot of things with your mid layers from any, anything that you choose to use, whether it's a another piece of the scree system or some other um, brand of, of clothing that you have. So to Walter's point, start off the lightweight next to skin, get a very high quality merino um top and bottom. And then um, you know, beyond that, I think a our hard scrabble is kind of our shell. And it's it's another one of those pieces that traditionally a lot of people look at it based off of their traditional um hunting gear and they think, well, this is not very this is not very uh, heavy, right? Like this is. What is this going to do if it gets cold? Well, it's a shell, and so it blocks wind, it blocks moisture, and it and it it allows your merino to do a lot of insulation. So it's kind of one of those things where it's tricky. It's lighter weight than what you would traditionally wear as a warmer outer layer, but the whole point here is we're not trying to bulk up on the outside. We're trying to insulate from the inside. So, we have a quality outer layer that allows less bulky, higher performing um, base layers to do their job. So, you know, you're looking at a, a, a top and bottom, and, and for Scree, that's our Hard Scrabble series. I personally am a huge fan of the vest. Um, one of the things that I really hope that Scree will do in the very near future is, is we have a Hard Scrabble vest, and I hope that we come out with. Um, some sort of maybe maybe the puffy or some sort of fleece style um heavier insulating vest because i think it's very important when you're sitting in a tree stand not only does that vest keep a lot of things like your harness up underneath but keeping your core warm is very important so i think the vest is an important piece and then you know the next thing i would do from there is get the puffy jacket if you can get the 170 merino with the hard scrabble top and bottom, the hard scrabble vest, and that puffy jacket. I'm going going to encourage you to go ahead and get the mid layer merino for that mid layer, but you could wear any mid layer um, with that right there. And you know, with the exception of just unseasonably brutal cold, that's going to be a system that carries you from the south all the way into, you know, at least the middle of November type of temperatures that you typically get in the Midwest without a lot of problem, And it's going to do a whole lot for rain, believe it or not. You know, um, when it comes to performance gear, the, uh, the DWR Teflon coating that you get on all performance gear is very, very, very durable in the rain. Like, it's not rain gear. We, you know, none of these companies can market it as waterproof, but it is very, very good in the rain. I have sat in... What most people and including myself you know i'm on the verge of if it gets any worse i'm gonna have to either get rain gear, get out and leave you know and and actually killed deer and came out and and with nothing but our you know with your shell jacket and pants so that uh shell jacket and pants do do great and you know they uh they they still they have the uh the hip the hip uh zippers the pit zips for breathability, they do good when the temperature warms up. It's just a very versatile system. So, uh, you know, if you're if you're kind of wanting to see some of this a little bit more laid out, you look at the Whitetail Bundle at ScreenGear.com. It's kind of it's got everything, but the the but the puffy jacket, and um, I, that's kind of always my go-to with people is say, hey, go look at the Whitetail Bundle, and if you if you want to add one more piece, add the puffy jacket, and you're you know, with the exception of serious rain gear, you're pretty much covered right there.
1: And, and I'm going to make this real easy for everybody listening. I'm going to put the link for both of those in the show notes. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to be like Chase and build myself an, an awesome Midwest and Southern Whitetail se- uh, setup, I'm going to put all the links in the show notes. So if you're listening to this on your phone, just scroll through and you'll can you you'll go right there. Make it super easy.
2: Yeah. And yeah, man, that, that would be great. And I, I encourage people to, uh, to uh, go out there and take a look at that and, and reach out. You know with scree or myself uh, or anybody that you run into that, that works for us and, and i'm sure other companies as well i mean we're all you know we're all hunters uh and and everybody's up for talking shop you know what i mean oh like, yeah so just reach out if you got a question i mean there, there's very few of us that are uh <laughs> adverse to talking about deer hunting and trying to share <laughs> a, a little bit of something to answer a question to help somebody out
1: yeah absolutely chase did you have any other questions
0: uh, does Scree sell gloves or socks, Lock?
2: Okay, so I'm glad you asked that. Um, and for everybody listening, that was not prepared. That was not a prepared <laughs> segue. <laughs> On my behalf, Chase just accidentally <laughs> just showed off why he's such a good co host for this podcast. <laughs> so, so, Scree is actually, Scree has a, a, a glove right now that's really more of a, it's the kind of glove you would wear if you were backpacking up in the mountains while you're on the move. Um, it's not one that's that's really uh, all that great for tree stand sitting, but, they're, but we are coming out this summer with a more of a liner style. A merino glove, a merino sock, a merino boxer, and also a lightweight jacket that would be kind of like in between lightweight and midweight, and just kind of like a three-quarter zip pullover jacket that'll be a you know a breathable, a great kind of I don't you know it's kind of a hybrid piece. It's uh, probably uh, not really a mid layer but a great if you don't really want to have to wear a mid or a heavier jacket you just but you want something over the top of those mid layers something like that and great for just an overpiece in in warmer weather. So that's some of the new stuff that's coming out to answer your question. We will have a merino glove, merino sock and a merino boxer. And um that all that's some of the new stuff that's coming out this summer. And um you know, Scree is one of those companies that's kind of new to the market so If you start following along, you know, our goal is to outfit the hunter with a complete system. Like, you know, uh, I joked about the ultimate bundle, but, you know, the idea is to offer you something that goes with everything else so that you, you know, there's never a situation that you'll legitimately find yourself in hunting that you won't have something to address it with. And so we'll be coming out with new stuff, you know, year after year.
1: Yeah. No, that's awesome. I've, I've been following you guys for quite some time and I've watched that evolution of stuff, you know, from the dropping the, the Nebo, I think it's called Nebo rain gear, right?
2: Yeah. Nebo is our rain gear. Yeah.
1: I've just, I've just watched you guys continuously roll stuff out and I'm going to test in the intro. I'm going to kind of tell everybody why uh, I was willing to have you guys on, but it, 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 uh, you know. It, it correlates directly from a week in the backcountry using the stuff and, you know, a beating it while elk hunting and then using it for an entire deer season. It's it's quality stuff, and I encourage everybody who's listening to, to go take a look, click on the link in the show notes, and, and uh, build yourself a system. But, uh, Locke, I know your time is precious right now. You're getting your boy to baseball practice, so I'm going to let you go. I appreciate you uh, coming on, man. For the third time, I think by the fourth time, we're going to have a title for you.
2: Hey, man, like I said, you can't call me anything I hadn't been called before. <laughs> before. So I'm good with it, guys. <laughs>
1: All right, Bubba. I, I appreciate you, dude. Yep. Yeah, thanks. man. Thank y'all. Thanks. Thank you. All right, bye. Okay.